0: You are listening to Be Simply. This is Suzanne Toro, a.k.a. She. You can anticipate being inspired, discovering some inner and outer wisdom and inspiration. Without further ado, let's dive into Be Simply. Happy Sunday. If you're listening to this on Sunday or Saturday evening, I'm recording this for Sunday, uh, but I doing this new audio format for the Sunday session, so that you can get them a lot more effortlessly. And then uh, this week I'll be sending out uh, the videos as they're available for the classes on Wednesday and Friday. And then we should be rolling right along. Uh, in addition, we'll be having some new content on the different shows that we produce. So excited about that and getting into this Gregorian New Year as we lead into the Lunar New Year by Tibetan and Chinese account. It's a, a good gap space if you choose to celebrate New Years with everyone uh, or part, part of the world. Uh, it's a good time just for reflection, but really it's a time we're in the yin time, and so it's an inward time. So it's more of a listening time if you want to be in a harmony with nature versus uh, setting on goals and all of that good stuff. It's better just to listen and then when we listen we hear what, what's needed and then we can respond that way. And then as we go through the winter season, as we get closer to spring, we'll start to see the seeds that we're ready to plant and that's exciting. And so all of that will come forward. Now, if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, you have the opportunity right now to be in action with those seeds that you planted in your spring. And so springtime is that time of, you know, goal setting, uh, planting seeds, taking uh, proactive action, and then going into full action by summer. Uh, If you're in the farming world, you'll be planting those seeds and harvesting a spring crop, and then a summer crop, and then a fall crop, and then you'll be letting the earth rest in the winter. And so it's a a beautiful time for those that are experiencing and celebrating winter to rest and to listen and to be with the water energy. So as we dive in today, we're talking a little bit further about karma. And, you know, it's a journey, understanding cause and effect, and, you know, these five, this is the fifth one, talk about karma is to seed you with some wisdom that you can be with, and then it'll blossom inside of you. I'm from oral lineages, so it's not something that tends to be scribed down, although people nowadays can do that very easily through these devices. Uh, But if we were in a a monastery together, uh, there would be no electronics. We would just be sitting and speaking, similar to how when I take people on retreat or quest, uh, no notebooks, just listen. Uh, And the reason for this is that we then can ensure that which you're ready to receive, it will stick and that which isn't ready for you to receive will kind of roll over you, like kind of shower over you. And then when you were to re some of this information again, maybe another piece would stick and then another and then another. And then that's when that blossoming starts to happen. So a key component with this cause and effect, because, you know, I observed a lot and I was contemplating the other day, um, you know, a lot of people are just ready to to throw away this past solar cycle that we had, the "quote unquote" 2020, uh, because it's been difficult uh, for everyone on some level. Whether it's been just watching what's going on, whether you've had adversity uh, because of the global situation, or you've had adversity on top of the global situation. And so oftentimes, you know, I see this a lot when I work with people that have uh, disharmony that shows up in the physical body in form of cancer or any of that, that um, there is the opportunity to sometimes like get a clean bill of health and then run away and not want to look at anything. And so in a karmic cycle, when we're actually going through adversity and we're going through the uncomfortable and we welcome ourselves to sit in it and see the truth. So it's easy to play the blame game. It's easy to play victimhood or predatorhood, any of those things. Yet uh, that's not really what's at play. You know, it's, As I've explained, it's the cat chasing its tail around and around, and so we go. So one thing that helps us with the process once we've made a concerted effort to be in right action with ourself and say, okay, with awareness, I'm going to pave my way into my future because this past solar cycle has been filled with our collective karma. We all participated. We all contributed. And these characters that are on our set personally and globally are the call and response to our collective action. And even though uh, there are some characters pulling the puppet strings they're still the call and response to our ways our sleepy ways and so this this is where the subtlety beautiful metaphor that's used a lot is where you drop the pebble in the water and the ripples go so a lot of times people can feel helpless and they can feel like i can't have an imprint and a lot of times when people want to feel better about themselves, they want to have a bigger imprint. They feel like they have to do something large. But the column response to this, this moment is just as subtle as it was when we got ourselves into this. And then we've all participated in very, lo- various levels, depending on what your karma is at this moment in time on planet Earth in this vast universe. So today, what I want to talk with you about is that when we have our core values, our code of ethics in check, and some of you that have worked with me one-on-one are familiar with me asking you to look at this and revisit it, uh, it'll change over time. And sometimes we get so going that we forget, like, oh, maybe I should check in with that. Like, what is that right now? What What are my core ethics right now? And it's good to do, especially even on an annual cycle, um, and then to check in with them, maybe on a monthly lunar cycle, just to see where you're at with them, because it'll wax and wane. And sometimes when we're in adversity, uh, that's when those ethics can go out the door, because we feel that we're entitled, or we feel that we're just going to do whatever we have to. And that can get us in a lot of trouble, (laughs) so to speak. We could be withdrawing a lot of karmic. Uh, energy from our cosmic bank account in addition you know when we decide we don't care anymore like why bother look at this mess we're in uh, that again doesn't serve the whole so when we come to our our code of ethics you know and right, I, you know you can choose two or three let's say three makes a triangle uh, not a super long list because that makes it a little bit more confusing uh, some of you of different theological backgrounds are used to maybe the Ten Commandments. It sounds scary. Uh, virtues. <laughs> I was raised uh, near Catholic, so I say that jokingly. Uh, but uh, you know, even even in different precepts, some of them feel like, ooh, that's a lot. But if you just start for yourself with three core principles that you want to honor that are really fundamentally important to you that becomes your wayfinding and it also helps you with your cosmic investment it helps you understand that wow for whatever reason at this moment on planet earth let's say honesty is really important to me now you might be shouting at people left right and center that aren't honest with you yet the practice is you being honest with self getting really honest with self. And as we utilize that, if we're gonna use that as an example, we'll deepen what honesty means. And that'll mean like, okay, am I being honest with myself and my mind, my body, my heart, my soul? And then uh, how am I articulating that? Like, am am I articulating my words authentically, truthfully, honestly, are my thoughts honest and true? Uh, Are my actions honest and true? Am I honest with myself about my spiritual path? Am I honoring? Am I being truthful on that path and on that journey? And so then it goes deeper as you move through that process. And so that becomes your wayfinding mechanism. And so when you're making choices, then you have these inner code of ethics and typically, we all have certain ones that are like rock solid, and then we have ones that are a little bit more uh, wavery. <laughs> they sound good, but we don't really know how to do it. And so, I encourage you when you take some time, if you haven't done it already, to determine in this moment and space what those core ethics are. You know, like I said, three could be four. Um, Three, five, three, five is a good number. Uh, we'll stay with the, the motion of the universe. And so if you choose those, just really feel what they are. And then again, reviewing where you're at with it, but not externally, internally. And so the, the ethics will help you make these choices. What's going to juice you up and what's going to diminish you. And using the example of honesty, If we're not honest with ourselves, typically then we're going to be like, ah, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to do this anyways. And so that "Eh," aspect starts to put us into probably a situation or action that may not be for our highest and best. And so once we're really certain as to what that is, then that helps us with these choices that we make. And pave our way into our future. And so then if you have one that maybe is not as solid, you know, let's say let's uh, say i hearing the word justice. So uh, that's a popular one right now. And so how do you be just, you know, what, what does that mean? And how do you be just in all your actions? So again, we're, we're really good at pointing out the indiscretions in society but how do we bring them to ourself and really cultivate that so we can embody it and then what, what you're doing is you're making a stance for yourself and you're starting to pave that way and then you over space begin to embody that and it gets so ingrained that you wouldn't even think and you'll start to uh, realize that oh okay justice is important to me does that mean there's equality? Does that mean that there's a level of fairness or checks and balances? Whatever that means, but then there would probably need to be that inside of self too, uh, so that you are being true to yourself, uh, just to yourself. So, And then that flows into your work, your relationships, all of those things. And it's pretty magical. And so this helps a lot, you know. Um, Now someone might choose the word, uh, like my core inner ethics is to be an instrument of peace, let's say. And so that's like, that's a big one because it means how do you get inner peace? And then how do you radiate that out? And then are you willing at all times to hold yourself accountable when you're disturbing the peace? with your mind, with your words, with your actions. And so that's how it flows. And then it's that little pebble in the pond that creates that ripple effect, which is so, so powerful, which is so beautiful. And so I encourage you, you can even pause it right here, just to jot down just kind of your gut feeling about what those core principles are. Another thing before you pause me, if you pause me, is that these will change the the focus based on sometimes when our karma is ripening about something, we may then have an awareness, different awareness about ourselves, And then we'll be like, oh, wow. And so in that moment, we have a chance to realize that, like wow, uh, this is important. This is where I'm to, to work on. Um, if we go back to that truth one, that one gets really interesting because you start to hear people's words in a certain way because you start holding your own words accountable for speaking the truth, uh, and then what it what does that mean? Uh, and so it's a it's a beautiful dance. And so just for you know the ease of all this, I just encourage you pause it for a moment. <laughs> I was gonna keep going, and then just write your first three gut responses to what this is. What does it feel like? What are these core ethics for you to maybe work on in this next solar and lunar return? So hopefully those came to you effortlessly. If not, after we go through the breath and the meditation, you might get a deeper sense of what those are and if they don't come don't force it just listen for it and then you might just keep listening just welcoming you know how you can bring yourself into alignment and so the other part of having these these core ethics code of ethics is that then there's it's not you know an external system that's holding you accountable There are those, you know, within different theological practices, uh, spiritual practices, yogic system, uh, the Buddhist system, all the Muslim system. There's all these checks and balances. And, you know, what they realize in most traditions is that, you know, there's an accountability because we don't always uh, show up in our highest and best. So typically there's... uh, forgiveness process or uh, confession process, for lack of better words, just to pull ourselves back on the, the straight and narrow, so to speak. Now, for for those of you that don't like the idea of confessing, <laughs> um, understand there are no secrets in the universe and that you can just take these these ethics that you determine for yourself and use them as a practice and that you will apply them for yourself and then you can uh, see how they go. Say one of your core ethics is to uh, practice compassion, and for self and others. Then, when you find yourself that you're judging someone, or you're frivolously talking about them, or you're maybe being self-deprecating to self, that you—that's an opportunity right in that moment when you catch yourself. To practice compassion. And then eventually over time and space. they The compassion will come first. Versus the judgment of self and others. And so you apply it to self. And then you apply it to others. As it authentically occurs. But you we can usually see the, the diminishing action that occurs. And then we can apply the one that's building for us. That, that deposit. And so I encourage you to play with this. You know, this is a great way, like, hush, what do I, what do I want to really embody? And then you get to exercise it everywhere. And it's literally an exercise, a practice, meaning in the mind, in the physical body, Uh, in the mind, it would really be applied. Let's say if we use compassion to our thoughts, the quality of our thoughts. And then uh, in the physical body, compassion for ourselves. let's say that we haven't been honoring our temple and we are in disharmony in the physical body. So we apply compassion and then we go into action to help bring the body back into balance. And let's say, if in our emotional, maybe we're too emotive, maybe we're depressed or um, we're suffering grief, we have compassion for ourselves. And then we see what action can be taken beyond the compassion uh, to assist in bringing ourselves back into balance. And then our spiritual self, maybe we're not so uh, diligent or consistent with our meditative practice, our prayers, our, our theological or spiritual studies. And so we have compassion for ourselves. And then we welcome ourselves to be back in action with uh, those actions or those efforts that really feed that aspect of ourselves. So that gives you a little example of how it can feel. And then it helps get you back where you want to be. And that's where then the cause and effect starts to blossom because we have these guiding posts, these guiding principles, and then we start to see the deeper levels. Let's say our core principle is to be generous. And at first we might think, oh, I'm just going to give, 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 give. Like we talked about the merit, give it all away, dedicating your practice to all beings in the universe fantastic yet once we go a little bit deeper with the generosity we start to see the subtleties of cause and effect and where our generosity can benefit and sometimes where it cannot meaning that maybe that generosity would enable ourself or others we could use example for self Uh, i want to be practice generosity with myself so i'm going to give myself more, 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 more space for my own personal care. Yet within that, we might realize like, wow, am I going to be, uh, neglecting some of my duties at work or at home with my children? Uh, maybe that's too much generosity of personal care time, self-care popular word these days. And so that's where you get to play with that word. What does it mean to be generous? And then when we take that to the external world, we realize how can I be generous without enabling? So if we look at the the mirror of interdependence versus codependence is like, Ooh, this could help here in this way. Um, And this over here could help in a way that can create an enabling and that enabling is a pattern, the addictive cycle and codependency. So, we, we look at those and try our best to come to center point with our actions so that generosity could be understood on the deepest level. So it's, it's fun because at face value, when we define our core ethics, they're, probably you could look them up in Noah Webster and you'll get a da- an answer uh, that's just very surface level. And then you go deeper in from there and see what is possible. So uh, something to think about, something to explore, and something to really see where it ruminates with yourself and others. Meaning, where does it flow when that pebble goes in the water? Where, where do your efforts and your ethics go, and how do they help your effort efforts? And so, also understand that it's not always just taking efforts that are synonymous with your code of ethic, meaning like generosity, like, okay, I want to be generous. I'm going to practice generosity that you apply that to maybe your daily efforts. Like, Oh, hanging out with a family. How are you going to be generous with them, uh, at work? How are you going to be generous and practice generosity? And what does that mean? It's kind of that overlay that we talked about with the, with the merit and being in service. So how can I apply these and embody them and practice them and be in an ebb and flow? And that will help guide. And the generosity one's a really great one because sometimes we're taught just to, I don't know, not discern when to give and when not to give. And that's a really important thing. And we don't always know. Sometimes we do it and we don't really realize why we're doing it, but you can utilize that and that can uh, really affect, you know, someone's workflow. Like, are they too available to their clients at work, to their coworkers at work, and does it tax the system and wear down. So that's where generosity would create an imbalance because we're not being aware of how much energy we have to give every day. And we're actually degrading and pulling away from ourselves, and then could cause disharmony in the mental, emotional, and or physical body, even spiritual, you get spiritually depleted. So a lot to think about <laughs> in that respect, but we can take it in and bite side bite-sized morsels is that we think, okay, I want to pave my way. This is what's coming up for me. These are the things that I want to really uh, deepen my understanding about. And I'm going to overlay them as my guiding signpost throughout my daily life. And you'll get lots of opportunities to test it, to play with it, to have a lot of fun with it and see what arrives from there. So uh, I encourage you after we sit today to take some time for yourself just to uh, reflect on this a little bit more and maybe take a moment after we're finished with class today to just see what else comes up around these ethics. And then from there to explain it in a more of a yogic or Buddhist system uh, in the yogic, yogic system, we would have the eight limbs of yoga. A lot of people just practice pranayama, <laughs> asana. I giggle because it, you know, well, after this year, a lot of stuff has gone online because they closed a lot of the studios down. However, uh, there's all this other aspect of. Yoga, the system of yoga, it's a science, and so when we practice all the limbs, which the, maybe those will be our next dive in uh, after these karma series, is that there are guiding principles within the system of yoga, and it's beautiful because it it opens up, it, you know, the simplicity comes in. When you read it, someone might be like, "Oh, that seems like a lot," <laughs> but it doesn't mean that uh, you have to all of a sudden. Do all the things as it appears. It, it really is a beautiful process because it opens up inside of you, and over time and space, you start to have a deeper understanding of what those things mean. And you know, there's one like with truthfulness and uh, being, you know, sexual misconduct. And so some some rishis might have <laughs> interpret that as abstinence, and maybe they were in a monastic living, but, you know, having integrity with, with those actions. So the, that's just an example of how these things exist. If you're practicing Christian, you have your Ten Commandments. So again, those become guiding principles to embody. If you are uh, practicing Buddhist, and you've taken empowerments, and you've decided to take the Bodhisattva the vows, There are principles that guide you. And again, it's a practice. You go through those and um, it's not always easy to keep them up And the areas where you're going to be challenged. Those are usually when you have a sit with yourself or with a teacher, you talk about what has occurred and then you retake your vows to practice again. And again, each one of those vows opens up just like in the yogic system. And this happens along with all traditions, you know, where some wisdom is written down and then it's not completely understood. Even the wisdom of Mother Nature, there's guiding principles into how nature is designed and how we interact with it. And we may take it for granted, uh, yet if we sit and be with it, she will teach you a lot. She's taught me quite a few things. And if I remember, I'll be like, hmm, if she taught me that, I probably should be one of my core principles <laughs> uh, or to practice it, you know. So I want you to have fun with it. I want you to feel excited about the opportunity of cause and effect and to understand that we've all been through quite a bit in this past solar return and lunar return because it started really with the lunar year and we're still going through and that's the other part is that there's you know we have we're not out of this process yet and so to welcome in these core principles right now will help Uh, and as we continue to come out of this process we'll be going into what is known especially in uh, different wellness processes is recovery and that's an important key moment because then you can regenerate and regain your footing and uh, get back moving again, uh, in a way that feels normal to you, that word normal. Uh, so, you know, I want just to also encourage each and every one of you to really honor being a human Uh, Get out in nature, get way out in nature, especially if you're in a city center. Uh, If you're in a way out in nature, maybe you need to go into the city (laughs) just for a change of pace, but just to really honor being human. uh, And if you're feeling a lot of stress and anxiety or uh, just being tired of all, all of what we've experienced, just go back to being a human, go to your heart. Uh, and really listen. This is the time of the year to do it, especially when you're in the northern hemisphere. And if you can, detach as much as possible from the, the mental infeeds that manipulate how we perceive reality, a.k.a. the news, social media. All those things are degrading your system, and all the people that are putting that information out are actually in karmic deficit because they're actually manipulating the human species to be in a certain state of being, uh, which is not for the benefit of all. So as we roll into this new cycle, I encourage you just to pull away from all that. Uh, Trust me, you'll know if you need to know something, uh, I mean, big, you'll know, and it'll, you'll be much healthier. And then you're not caught in that karmic dance with that energy as deeply because what happens is inadvertently, and I've witnessed myself uh, doing it over this year is that you hear some information, you share it with someone else, all of a sudden you're part of that cycle. It's good to be aware. But at this point, um, I, th- I think for the human species, it'd be better if we just retract from these tech infeeds, get ourselves back to our natural state of being, get strong, get healthy, practice our core ethics and make effort forward motion that helps the whole uh, in our local uh, most local families and then communities and adhere to that and that's going to shape you know how we interact with the world so just to summarize write down 3 to 5 uh, core guiding principles aka ethical pillars that you would like to embody and make efforts towards on a daily basis and then commit to checking in with them every month. And then from there, just going to welcome you to sit back, come up into an upright position. And to be noted, uh, when you start to hear the sounds coming in, you can go ahead and recline back into Shavasana, corpse pose. Uh, but I would recommend and encourage you in a seated meditation to sit upright uh, with in a half lotus, full lotus, or a simple seated cross-legged position. And bring that spine up, drop the shoulders down, and then just gently rest the palms facing up in the lap. And take a nice gentle breath in and then exhale out again, inhale and exhale. Another one, inhale. and exhale. Beautiful. Now I want you to bring your attention to your heart center. Just take it a nice deep breath into the heart and lungs. Inhale. Hold it. And exhale. Another one, inhale, and exhale. Should
1: we
2: José mm-hmm. un mm-hmm.
3: Mm.
0: Just gently taking a nice full body breath. Inhale and exhale. Another one. Inhale and exhale. Again, inhale, and exhale. Good. Now just gently connecting to my voice. (laughs) Welcome back from your seated repose. I guess you didn't go anywhere, but... I always say that welcome back because you're connecting to me now, Uh, out, out of your inner landscape, but welcoming you to be here with all your presence and your glory. And so as you exit out of this moment that we've had together, I just welcome you to just even for this week practice, bringing in those guiding principles those guiding ethics and just observe how they might shift some of your actions and how they might assist you in retaining right action and then what we'll do is we'll go into the eight limbs of yoga um, some of the ethical points of it to help further dive in to see how those can assist as one approach and then we'll have some thing to compare and contrast based on your core ethics. And even if you choose to like study Patanjali, we'll, we'll be going through that eight, the yoga sutras, uh, which are, are beautiful, you know, that you'll have that as a signpost. And then I still would encourage you to have your core ethics as a signpost and then anything else that's Important, But we don't want to make it so full that it gets confusing and we get hard on ourselves. So simplicity, being as I like to say, be simply, uh, is always uh, a good way to go. <laughs> so I so appreciate you all taking the time just to be here. And I encourage you to be there where you are in your next... And if you need anything, if you have any questions, you want to work one-on-one, just uh, message me or DM me, or you can send me an email at Suzanne at Suzantoro.com. And until next time. So I forgot one thing. (laughs) I want to give a shout out to Random Rab, who you heard his melodies playing during the silent meditation. And then also to Dante Marino, who we are going to listen to on the way out a little alive and if inspired, just take a moment to be with that concept of feeling alive. And that's why I was encouraging you to get out and really reconnect to your humanity and being in the world, being part of the world. and. Uh, honoring what that means while unplugging from all the infeed that has not necessarily served any of us. So without further ado, stay a little bit longer and listen to Dante Marino alive. And until next time, this is she, aka Suzanne Toro, signing out the full heart, gentle smile, a deep bow, and a namaste. Be simply. To be simply. This is Suzanne Toro, aka she. You can anticipate being inspired, discovering some inner and outer wisdom and inspiration. Without further ado, let's dive into be simply.